What's wrong with that? Beer on a table is supposed to be good, right? I don't know. Is it? Oh, the ring stains. Well, we're gonna have to sand this sucker down and then restain it. And uh, I can give you a quote for that if you like. We can talk about it after the show. And this is my world now. Good? Awesome. Okay, welcome to the very first video of Fireside Chats, where we bring you really valuable information regarding real estate, business topics, and anything related to real estate. <laughs> oh, the candle, we like the candle. Oh. All right, there's our fire, Fireside Chats. Um, this is the first of many Fireside Chats we'll bring to you once a month. And to start each chat off, I want to do a sampling of this beer from Free Tales called Sold Out, No Doubt. Nice. Is this the, uh, name, this so. is the, isn't this a San Antonio one, right? Yeah. I forgot to introduce my guest. <laughs> <laughs> Our very first guest is Aaron Ace Muriel. Can we call you Ace? We can call me Ace. Aaron. Call me whatever you want. This is Ace. How you doing, guys? Ace is a contractor, a home builder, a carpenter. Um, and as you can tell, we're sitting around our good Jesus. fire here. So we're gonna sample this beer off. Let's crack that baby open. Well, you well, got cheers. Oh, we're gonna push it yeah. port? All right. Make it legit. Okay, cool. I'll just, uh, can I get a napkin over here? Oh, okay. All right, production kind of is off today. I'm just supposed to idea. Okay. Go first. So what am I drinking here again? It's an IPA. It's by Free Tales called Sold Out, No Doubt. How's it take? Interesting. It's got a. Uh, what am I tasting there? Is like that like a beer taste? Yeah, kind of like a beer taste, but like I don't know. I'm not really a a, a hop stew like a um, IPA guy. Yeah, I'm more like a. I'm a simple guy like Coors Light. I do uh, simple stuff, but this is good though. It's it's kind of interesting, and it's San Antonio. It's local, so I, res I respect that. This is not sponsored. It should be though. 6.8% alcohol. Can we get that napkin back over here? It's kind of getting... Okay, well, I like it even more now. 6.8, that's pretty good. I'm sorry, you're not in the show. Ask him how he would fix our... If we got ring stains in our wood. Oh, here's the first question for EA. So yeah, we're going to take you through a very casual Q&A here. And say we get beer on this nice table here from Living Space. It's not a sponsored again. It's not a shout out, but... Living Spaces, huh? Yeah. Okay. What, what, uh, what's the problem with it? We got beer on it, so how do we fix it? <laughs> well, we got beer on it. What's wrong with that? Beer on a table is supposed to be good, right? Is it? No, the ring stains. Oh, the ring stains. <laughs> well, we're going to have to sand this sucker down and then restain it. And uh, I can give you a quote for that if you'd like. We can talk about it after the show. Okay. Yeah. So let's cut into the actual segment itself. And I want to start off with what got you into building. I know you've been in for a while um, and you kind of grew up in it a little bit, I feel like. So what, what started off? What got you into it? Yeah, for sure. So um, when I was a lot younger, my... My grandfather had a workshop, a little workshop, and he was real handy. He would do stuff around the house. Um, I kind of picked up on that and just, you know, projects here and there, and I had a passion for it. And then uh, just building stuff with my, put, putting stuff together with my hands, um, that was just one of the things that like, I just, I really, I connected with. Um, I went to college. I studied architectural engineering there, realized my passion was carpentry. I was I was framing houses on the side and realized I liked doing that a lot more. So uh, that kind of got me into the trades, and then uh, from there it just kind of took off. Who was your mentor? I mean, did you have a mentor in the business? Um, I've had a few. So like the way I've learned the trades is mostly like um, I've I've you know there's like different 
different types of contractors that I've dealt with, but it's like some you learn that like what not to do and some you learn like really good stuff. So I, I've had a few throughout the, I can't say like there's one specific person that has taught me, um, someone who I've like, you know, clung information about, but for the most part, it's just, you know, a gather of knowledge and the building community is really great too. Just everyone's kind of close in the sense of like, they all help each other out. Nice. Okay. And in San Antonio, you see a lot of homes, you see stucco homes, you see brick homes. I mean, obviously you probably have a preference, you know, I'm sure you'll build anything, but what's your favorite style of home that you um, like to build or that you see a lot in San Antonio? Um, so most of the work I do is historical restorations. Um, so you'll see me a lot in like King William or uh, Almost Park area. Um, that's probably, you know, where I, I'd say my bread and butter is as far as like what I like to do. Um, most of it, because you, you just see the craftsmanship of, you know, the, the founders before us and the people that have done it, you know, long before we have and created this kind of system. Um, and you kind of put that all together. So that's that's kind of like where I'm at as far as like liking it. I mean, I'm not opposed to new construction yeah. and the things like that. You know, we can't we can't hate on the technology that we have now because it's you know, it's incredible the the amount of efficiency and things that we've we've uh, come to. But so you're a big fan of like renovating and, and kind of restoring those historic homes. Right. Okay. Right. Cool. Yeah. And that kind of ties into your carpentry skills, I think, a little bit. Exactly. Um, so I get asked a lot from buyers in, in my industry is, you know, we'll go see a house and a lot of times the owner or whoever did try to renovate it. And I personally can't distinguish what's good quality and what's not. So when you go see a house, how can you really tell what's considered good, say a kitchen, you know, we're mm -hmm. at a kitchen remodel. How do you know what's considered a good job and what's not? So from a homeowner's perspective, um, it can kind of vary. Um, the, th the three things that I, that, you know, you can go in and look at a house. It's hard, it's hard because you, if you don't do it every day, you don't really see it. But you know, the three, the three things that I always look at is, is it level? Is it plumb? And is it square? You know, as a carpenter from my, from my standpoint, cause my job isn't to go in there and to, um, relay information that comes from the drywaller after the framer and everything, every renovation I've done, something's going to be wrong. So it's a finisher's job to go in and make it look nice. So when you want to look at stuff, you want to look at proportions, you want to look at square, um, the functionality of it. Um, a lot of people don't take that into accountability is when you, when you go to a kitchen, you don't want just, you know, it looks nice, but you want functionality too. If you have, you know, your wife likes to cook, you know, you want something that can uh, pertain to her. If you, or if you're a, if you're a big beer or wine drinker, you want something that can pertain to you as, as far as like the function of the drawers. Like, I mean, all that could, should be, play in a factor of when you're looking at um, a kitchen or renovation or anything like that. Gotcha. This is a fun question I like a lot. Tell me about the worst job you've had to take over and make it done right. Okay. Um, there's been a few. I don't necessarily like to like, you know, we all know the contractors um, are always like, there's gonna be bad contractors everywhere you go. And like, there's guys out there that'll go into a house and say like, and bash that person and say like, look at this work, it's so terrible. Like, this is what's wrong. and you know, we get it. There's guys out there that are bad. I don't really like to like distinguish myself from other people by saying like how bad they are. Look how good I am. But you are good. So you got to, <laughs> I appreciate that. But no, I, I actually have. And you know, the sad to say is like the, the worst job I've, I've been to was a, uh, it was a guy who was a flipper and he had flipped this house, but didn't really have any experience yet. And he sold it to this lady. And so she hired us to come in and, and renovate it. And it was just, completely out of code, very unsafe. You know, we had 
water pipes just literally laying on top of the ground. Nothing like no permits were pulled. So um, it's just it's kind of hard to see that. You know, she had two kids, and you know, wanted a house for her new family, and then you know, and then just an instant blow up of headache yeah. of all the problems that it came with. And then when you hear what's really wrong with it and what has to be done to fix it, you know, it does stress out the homeowner and it's, and it creates a lot of problems. So, um, that was, yeah, that was, that was definitely a hard job to like, um, to go in and, and fix everything. It kind of took a while, but, um, I would say, uh, be careful with, with that aspect of, of yeah. the building industry. So not on our topic list, but I want yeah. to bring this up. Um, I've seen your carpentry skills. You built some awesome tables. You built some awesome benches and chairs and whatever involves wood. Right. Thank you. What's one thing that that you enjoyed, you know, making your building a lot more than others? Like, what's what's your go-to? <coughs> like, um, I liked. I mean, I'm well trim by trade. Um, so, um, trim by trade. Trim by trade. That's a good name, actually. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, so, like, you know, crown molding, baseboards, doors, uh, custom doors, custom windows, things like that. Um, I, I, I probably get the most joy out of, of cabinetry still, um, you know, just going into a kitchen or something like that and, and then putting, putting cabinetry together is just, it's still, it's still, cause you just add that functionality to the kitchen and it, yeah. and it really brings it out. It's something where you're in every day and something, someone can actually use that every day. A lot of people to see crown molding, they think like, oh, that's pretty cool, but they, they don't really actually know what goes into it. Right. So, but the kitchen is still function of someone's. And it's a big selling point. Too. Exactly. Like most of the houses sell because of the kitchens and because of the master bathrooms, the, the spaces of the house that you use the most. That's the ones you really want to focus on renovating and make right. sure they're functional too. So. Right. Um, okay. What's your favorite DIY hack um, that you've learned in a house? DIY. What does that stand for? Are you serious? Isn't it like. <laughs> I'm going to let you do it yourself and look at Oh, it. I thought it was dis destroy it yourself. My fault. <laughs> um, I have a coaster. I got the paper towel. Gotcha. <laughs> Seriously? Oh, she almost got it. All right, DIY hack. Um, <laughs> we start what? and tell him, what's, say, what's your favorite DIY hack? And he's like, oh, do it yourself. Nope. Nope. Say in the audience. Okay. Do we guys start that over? No. What's your okay. favorite DIY hack? Okay. Um, you got to drink your beer. And kind of being slow in your beer. I am getting a little slow. Yeah. Hey, give me another beer. It's in the fridge. Yeah, let's get it, man. I mean, you're kind of you're sitting there, so. <laughs> So, um, I would, uh, I would say like if I was the, if I was starting DIY, I'd say start something small. Don't, don't overexert yourself and try and like say like, I'm going to do my whole half other house in the porch in the back house. And I'm going to just, you know, renovate this whole thing. Um, I don't really recommend DIY as far as like, you know, if you're doing something that's, you know, structural or something um, that requires some expertise to make your house look good. But I mean, if you're doing little projects here and there, um, yeah, I mean, I say I'll go for it. it the biggest thing is like, uh, just put in the work. Yeah. If, you, if you have something that's, you know, old and, um, and you wanna restore it, take that bad boy out, sand it and make it, and, and really take the time to do it. Um, and then you'll really experience a, a good satisfaction of getting it done. I wanna go into this, I think it's a big thing for you as buyers and, and, and clients. Where do you see the biggest knowledge gap in buyers to the builder or even just like um, when somebody's trying to seek out somebody to build their house or do the process, where's that gap in? What, 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 how can you help them there? Yeah, so this is a big one for me. I could probably go on all day about this topic. We only got a few minutes. So. I know. So um, the knowledge gap to me is there's a, there's a little bit of inconsistency. Um, 
because any homeowner can go on the TV, they can watch HGTV, there's YouTube videos, there's friends, and they can tell them, but, but they're not doing it every day. So they don't really have that knowledge that a builder would have in the expertise. Um, if you're gonna hire a builder, the biggest thing is communication. You just want communication between you and your builder to know that um, things are getting done right. Um, I, I personally have been through many accounts where someone's like, you know, uh, let's do a kitchen remodel. It should only take a couple weeks, um, but I want a full gut, full re renovation because Chip and Joanna Gaines did it for, yeah. you know, X amount of money and this amount. So I think there's just a big mis misconception that way of, you know, what is reality in the in the building trade um, trust your contractor though i know there's you know just do your research but also you know take his advice and take the uh, uh recommendations that he has and then go get bids go you know go price things out and um and see where you're see where you're at but um that as far as the homeowner goes that's probably the biggest thing i see is people you know saying there's there's crappy contractor there is for sure yeah. um, but if you have that communication and you can understand um, where two people are coming from um, you'll you'll have a better understanding of, of what the project's gonna be yeah I think also a big part of it too is if you're considering renovating your house or your kitchen or your bathroom or if you're considering building I think you really need to know that me as a real estate agent can help facilitate those contractors and those builders and, and communicate with you and for you so that you're actually trusting who's doing your job and you don't feel so much stress and doing it all yourself. You know, at the same time, I'm still here to help you. And so if I need to call him up or call somebody else up or call a builder up or um, a survey or whoever it may be, that's still my job is to represent you as a client and I can do that for you guys so it's less stress. Um, so that's a big part in, in even wanting to build or wanting to renovate. Get somebody's opinion first before you renovate. Say you want to make a renovation to your kitchen and you have all these ideas in your mind, but I, I myself know as a real estate agent that those ideas probably won't sell in five, 10 years. And so before you make any crazy changes, consult with your real estate agent and make sure you're making the right adjustments to the house and make sure you're hiring the right people. So, um, all right, hypothetically, if somebody's trying to do a rehab or a renovation on their kitchen or bathroom and they're looking to get quotes from contractors, how do they know how to read the quote? How do they know if they're getting scammed? How much should it average, the average cost be? What's your, I mean, what's your, how do you do your quotes? So. I'm, every contractor is different. You know, you have your cash fly-by-night contractors, and then you know a little bit more formal. Um, the way I look at it is, no contractor is probably going to give you line items. So, like, painting costs this much. Um, you know, cabinets cost this much. It's it's very hard to see that because every contractor, you know, a lot of time and materials, and there's other things that go into that that bid just besides. Um, what what they're proposing you know is it because they partner with different material companies exactly okay. the difference the materials the relationships they build with those painters all that goes into the continuity of that um of that bid so but the detailed scope should give you a good estimate of what the kind of knowledge the contractor has um i typically as a homeowner recommend um if i'm if i'm a, if i'm a homeowner i would recommend um, looking at a bid and seeing how detailed that scope is. So give you the line items. They probably won't give you the pricing on them, but they'll give you an overall, you know, uh, turnkey bid. But for the line items, see how detailed that scope is. And if it's very detailed and you have questions or anything like that and they're reasonable to answer right away, absolutely. I would say go for them. 
um, and then see where see where it goes from there. So I get this question a lot, and I mean, I, I, I've tried doing it too, to be honest. I would hire a contractor out and say, hey, I'll buy the material, but I want you to do the labor. What's what's your opinion on that? <clears throat> um, that's, that, that some contractors do that, some contractors don't. Personally, I don't because if, if say, like for trim, for instance, trim's a very uh, interesting concept where I have to look at the boards. I have to make sure they're all straight. I have to see the um, there's no dents. You know, wh you know, whatever. It's a, it's a it's a it's a specific thing that I get, and I have a good relationship with my subs and my vendors that they know the kind of material that I want to get. So if you go out and pick this trim up, and then I hang it, and it's crooked or un uneven, whose fault is it at that yeah. point? So I don't recommend that. If let the let the expert let let the expert do his job. And then, um, and then if you don't like the work, you know, then the, then the conflict is there. Yeah. But other than that, I would say. I think also, I think y'all spend, you know, years developing these relationships with the vendors and right. material companies. And a lot of times they really do give you guys good prices. Yeah, And so absolutely. you were giving those prices to your clients and to your, and to your sellers and buyers. And so like whenever you get somebody a price, I'm sure it's a little bit better than the retail costs you're gonna spend at Lowe's or Home Depot. And so I think you guys spend a lot of time getting those trust from those vendors that it, it pays off in the end for for both the client and you guys right and going back to your question about you know how you're getting scammed and stuff i vet every one of my clients whether it's like you know i'll sit down and just say if this if this person's cool if it's someone i want to get along with and i think they'll be a good a fit then i'll work with them i'm 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 not afraid to say no and that goes the same way for the homeowner they should get to know this person invite them over you know, talk to them, say like, you know, this is what we want to do, see what their interests are and get to know them on a personal level. And that actually helps a lot going, going forward because this is a relationship that's not like any other industry where you're, you're hanging out with that person, you know, for, for X amount of time. Yeah, so and if there's things that pop up in your house 10 years down the road and you still have a relationship with, with Ace, you can call up and text them up and say, Hey man, I got this issue going on or I want to make this change. And you've known him for so long that it's a lot easier to have that communication with them than just some random stranger. Right. So it's kind of like having your dentist or having your doctor or having your chiropractor. You develop that relationship with them for such a long period of time that when the issues do come up, you can trust his word you know, over anybody else's. And he's able to be you know, trustworthy to you, towards you as well. So I think that's really important. That's a very good point, especially as an agent, is I want to gain trust with you. I want to gain trust with inspectors or surveyors or, or title companies or lending companies. I want to have their trust and have them trust me. So when I have questions, when things do pop up, I have my go-tos. And I, I can trust their word for it. So I think that's a big point for every homeowner out there is if, if you are just getting into a home, if you're about five years and 10 years in and you don't have somebody like Ace to call or text, definitely, definitely reach out to them and develop that relationship with them so that you have that trust in his word and stuff too as well. So that's, that's a good point you brought up with that. Right. And so my question to you is if I get a report back and I'm looking at it and I say, hey Ace, um, how much is this gonna cost and how serious are these repairs, in your opinion, how much do you like, are you able to actually look at that report and say, you know, this is gonna cost X amount, this is not a big deal, this looks a lot worse than it actually is. I mean, what's your opinion on those reports that you get all the time? Absolutely, so I think a home, a home inspection report, it's one of those like necessary evils. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's good and, and I think what the main majority uh, purpose of them should be is for structural and mechanical issues. So you can see what's wrong as far as foundation, roofing, um, and then, of course, your electrical, uh, HVAC, and plumbing, things like that. Um, Cosmetic-wise, yeah, 
If you're buying a house that's 50 years old, guess what? None of those products are warranted in your house for the that are 50. Change. Exactly. Yeah. So um, a little a little settling in the house. Most of San Antonio is like uh, sandy loom and, and a little bit and soil here. So you're always going to see some shifting and foundation work, um, being that we're a slab on grade. So things like that, you know, 50 years. 50 year house and you're seeing cosmetic issues is it shouldn't be cosmetic issues shouldn't be a reason to stop from a yeah, from a home inspector report that, that you can do at home throughout the entire process of living in the house that are just maintenance issues I can't say how many buyers of mine have backed out due to minor cracks here and there when really you can just fill in like you should be doing while you're, while you're maintaining the home or just do some landscaping to help get that water off the side of there so there's certain things in inspection reports that are just are it's your job as a homeowner to do them throughout the entire term and that way you're actually taking care of the home properly so right you shouldn't i mean in my opinion if you're unless you're buying like a brand new house and you're yeah. buying an uh, older home you should be looking at the home of what it could be or what you want to do to it as opposed to like this is what i want right now yeah. because definitely we don't make products now that are warranted for hundreds of years it just this doesn't happen we're, we're limited us as builders we're limited by the products and what were chosen. Of course, there's installer errors and things like that that go along the way. So I'd be cautious of when you're buying a house that's been newly remodeled. Um, yeah, just get a little report on it and check it out. But for the most part, you know, um, little cosmetic issues shouldn't run shouldn't run you away from the house. Right. Cool. Awesome. Well, that is going to wrap up our uh, first episode of Fireside Chats. Um, I want to thank Ace for coming on. Absolutely. Um, Ace, where can they find you at? What's your social? Uh, mostly on Instagram, Lone Star Carpenter. Uh, um, <laughs> mostly there. Tag him. Yeah, tag me there. Uh, I get on there a few times, and, and not as much as I should probably. Yeah, you should also. Um, yeah, if, if you have any questions for Ace privately. Yeah, know. definitely. Yeah, shoot, shoot me a DM if you got any questions about you know anything. Just I'll, I'll be happy to answer any of your questions. If you're questions. looking to renovate or even build a home or have any questions about doing so, Ace to get help you out. I've known Ace for 15 years. Yeah. So a trustworthy guy, great friend. Um, but before you go, um, and in the future episodes, we'll be doing a raffle here to kind of uh, have the guests choose what they have to do. But for this episode, I'm going to make you say the ABCs backwards. Okay. But you got to finish your beer. <coughs> okay. So finish your beer. You want me to finish my beer? As soon as you finish, so the ABC's backwards, and we'll see how far you get. Okay. That's a, that's a tough beer to finish. I'm about to quiz you. All right, go. Backwards CBA. What? I don't know. That's like, you get two letters. <laughs> All right, retry. I go. literally go. did the, I Dude, Z, Y, X, W. U V. No, you just said V. Okay, well, dude, that's a. Right, I couldn't even do that if I was sober, bro. <laughs> that's it. Let's do like sci-fi. This is my world now.